What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with the policy that's affordable. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NBA and Russell Westbrook's redemption. We've got some NFL with Deshaun Watson finally deciding where he's going. Your emails, big deal, no thing, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for joining in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, chime chime in on our Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. Or join the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. So I'm just going to let this ride at this point. If you guys knew the struggle that I was having today to get through that, yowza. But without further ado, let me welcome in my main man and yours, DJ Highstar. What's good with it, Brody? Yow, I send the words of my uh, one of my favorite MCs, Joel Ortiz, right there. Yow, what's going on? What's going on? How are you, bro? How you been, man? It's been a long time since I'm saying the people done holler at you. It's been a whole week. What you been up to, man? How life treating you? Chilling, chilling. You already know. Uh, just thugging it out one day at a time. Just getting through. Um, preparing for the presentation that we have coming up in Orangeburg. Mm, um, mm. You know, I'm always going to shout out the home team and the home chapter. Oh, we know. got to. Yeah. Matter of fact, that... That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Shout out to the home team, the bros. Uh, our fraternity, Omega South Phi, is having a neophyte presentation coming up soon. So shout out to the new boys and as they're getting ready to embark upon the journey, man. You excited, excited to get down there back in the OBG, man? 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's shaking. I don't. I don't got no, no horses in no race down there. So it'll just be me. You know, I ain't chasing no nostalgia. This ain't no homecoming or nothing like that. But it'd just be good to fellowship as usual. For sure. Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. I, I'll have a chance to. Um, I'm take. I'm, I'm hosting or whatnot. So I'm. Uh, I'm gonna throw them back to the old school a little bit, man. I know the, the young bucks out there. They kind of. They got their own thing going, but uh, I'm gonna give them a little taste of 0304. See, see, let them see how the old heads do, man. But if you ain't doing nothing on Monday, pull up to Orangeburg and uh, come holla at DJ High Star and yours truly, Big Cliff, man, with with the members of Omega Sci Fi. We'll see what it, see what it do, man. But yo, it's been a big, busy week in sports, man. Um, a lot's been going on. Let's just jump into it, man, with some NBA. What you think? For sure, let's get it. All right, so these scores is from Monday, March the 21st. We're going to start off here in Charlotte. The Hornets beat the Pelicans 106 to 103. The Lakers actually topped the pause. The Cavaliers 131 to 120. Trail winning two out of three. Trailblazers uh, beat uh, the Pistons 119 to 115. The 76ers, a Joel Embiid and um, James Harden list 76er team beat the Heat 113-106. to 106. Uh, The Nets, again, a KD-led, Ben Simmons-less, and Kyrie Irving-less Brooklyn Nets team beat the Jazz 114-106. to 106. Had the Bulls over the Raptors 113-99. to 99. The Rockets beat the Wizards 115-97. The Celtics over the Thunder 132-123. to 123. And the Mavericks beat the Timberwolves 110-108. to 108. Um, those again are the, the slate of games from Monday night. I highlighted a couple and we'll talk about a couple here in a second, but the first one definitely, um, like I said, your Lakers, um, actually what some would call, I guess, catching some momentum or getting hot won the last two out of three games here. In the words Anything of, to say? in the words of DJ high star, Hey, yo, relax. We're not yes. get we're not getting hot. <laughs> we're not catching heat. If anything, we're we're not catching s- up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I I expect nothing at this point from the squad. I do got to give a shout out and well, a good. That's good. Round of applause to LeBron James passing Carl uh, Malone for second all time scoring. Uh, I respect that he didn't that he you know he doesn't normally play the back to backs and he was like yeah you know what no let me let me go ahead out here and get this um, and he did it as opposed to like waiting to play in Cleveland and doing it there and making it a bigger deal. So I appreciate that he did that when he did. Um, but it's it's still taking this Herculean efforts. Um, and I don't expect anything. If anything, it's fun to see us finally starting to win. And I'm enjoying it simply because LeBron James is in a very unique position right now, not only for his career, but in, in, a, in a playing season. Uh, we all know that although, yes, 19 years at this point, and he is second all-time in scoring, but he's not a score first type of player. He is a make a play for for the next man, a facilitator, a floor general, if you would. Right now, with AD out, when he goes into that floor general type of role, there ain't nobody else making shots. There ain't nobody else that can support the load like that. So it's taking him going and getting fifty points. It's taking him going out and being who he was and dunking on his old teammates like he did against the Cavs and oh, everything. And that's thanks. Thanks for stealing my thunder. But <laughs> no, I'm. Because I'm the highlight highlighter, so I, I was going to bring that up. Okay, him, okay. Uh, giving some love to Kevin Love. That, uh, you know, but you, you messed up my whole rollout with that. But he was showing love <laughs> to Kevin Love and posterizing him. Go ahead. 
You it, could finish. You could finish. Yeah, stealing the stealing the glory. If anybody, <laughs> well, I figure it's it's only right that I pay you back right. after so many times that you've done it to me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but no, for those of you who may have missed it, uh, LeBron James completely posterized Kevin Love in uh, a massive dunk. He was cutting to the rim, got received the pass. I forget from who at this point, but at year 19, 30, what, seven years old, LeBron James elevated um, with his head well above the rim and flushed with authority. Again, I like seeing him play that type of that brand of basketball, just because even though I don't like him as a player, I want to say I don't like him, even though I'm a much more a Kobe guy. I don't don't never try to hide that. Um, I enjoy seeing my Lakers win one, two, and he, doing something I've never seen done because nobody, he is literally the Tom Brady of the NBA. We've never seen someone that old play to such a high and proficient level. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And to the young guys out there, because what Kevin Love tried to do was an old veteran move and kind of first he was thought about taking a charge, but Mm -hmm. then he kind of slipped, slipped out the way. And that was, that used to be done back in the day in the early two thousands and stuff like that. But my old, golden rule of all of that mm-hmm. is if you could get caught on the slam poster like in that slam magazine mm-hmm. then you got posterized and, and that's what happened i mean even though you you missed the contact and you missed you know the forgive my language but the privates in your face you, you missed all of that you know, you're still in the frame bro <laughs> exactly you still got posterized you still got dunked on yeah so uh, with, with that i uh, we're still very much locked in. I think if we don't slip further as a play-in team, um, one thing I will say, and I think I might have mentioned this before, at this point, Frank Vogel out of there, bro. The only reason I think they hadn't fired him already is because they realized there's not somebody better on the bench. Um, and, and actually, who are we going to get through the regular season uh, at this point anyway? So let him go ahead on finish it out. The only way he's back next year is if we win the championship. If we some kind yeah, kind of way uh, miraculously got healthy and instantly start playing at a whole nother level and he coaches out of his mind and we win a chip, then they might bring him back. But anything short of that, so, he's gone. In other words, he's out of there. He's so, out of there. Now on um on Friday night, I want to say mm-hmm. you guys uh actually went into overtime and uh one one Russell Westbrook, uh y'all playing the what? Raptors, I believe. Bro, right? What are you talking about, man? Yeah, so your man Russell Westbrook at the end of regulation uh, first jacks up a three that hits nothing but the side of the backboard. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. folks thought it was just uh, a little bit of what they've been seeing from Russ being Russ <laughs> to Westbrook. Exactly. Uh, you know, probably chance of Westbrook going on out there at the time and everything like that. Then after a freakish like turnover mm-hmm. where he grabs the steal, he comes down court corrects his foot ever so slightly yep. and hits a uh, game-tying three-pointer to push it into overtime, which you guys then took the momentum of to win that game 128 to 123 over the Raptors. Uh, any thoughts on that? And was, was, was Russell, did Russell redeem any of his season woes with that, uh, with that game-tying shot or that, you know, game-saving shot? Uh, to answer your question, no. Uh, but I also want to take and pivot this on and, and, and ask you this. I'm going to steal something from the guys on ESPN. Pardon the interruption. Shout out to Will Bond and them. Um, it is filling a blank. Russell Westbrook's buzzer beater was blank. And what's that word for you? 
Russell Westbrook's buzzer beater was blank. Uh, and and while you're thinking about it, for me it was serendipitous. With the disrespect that he suffered just a few days ago, uh, or a few days before that point, rather. Um, and, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but when we, when we played against the Timberwolves, uh, he was breaking it up bad. He breaked in and airballed so much so that, um, that cap Beverly and, uh, yeah, we did. Matter of fact, we did talk about it. Um, but yeah, like the only thing that was remaining for him to do at that point was to hit a game winner. Cause he's not going to win nothing through the rest of the year. And like, they done took your heart. They, they literally like shame job boys and was like dragging like he's trash pat bev bro is he a different kind of dog man and 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 i get it but like the only thing that could come back allow him to come back from that is a game winner so i i say yeah yeah if i had to answer then i'll say legacy saving uh that's just me Mm. again being quick uh but um (laughs) season in some way like short-term legacy saving so right in the in the um in the context of this season and him kind of a look back as at this season, at least he'll have that to, to hang his hat on somewhat. Um, it was a heads up play. Absolutely. Uh, moving on though, with the Brooklyn game, I, I caught some of that last night. Um, KD absolutely phenomenal. What is there more to say about the guy? He actually passed Jerry West yesterday, the logo um in scoring um so shout out to kd and they also won with no ben simmons and of course no kyrie irving because they were at home um any thoughts on on kind of kd's shape and his form right now on how he's looking he's looking like the best player in the world um but he also looks like he has to be but yes no but yes he himself is unstoppable but the team isn't um, he has to play that level that he's playing because those guys aren't aren't aren't, aren't there. Kyrie's only halftime, and I think he's got what three or two games left to play in the regular season. Um, and then there was a report that came out recently with Ben Simmons that he might have a herniated disc in his back. And so, they're, they're, yeah, Steve Nash already reported that he hasn't been doing any kind of basketball activities. Exactly. And so with with him not looking likely to even make it in this season. Um, even in their first round matchup, as it sits now, they they, they would have to go to Toronto. Um, and Toronto, similar to New York, has the mandate where Kyrie can't play. So they wouldn't have him at all for their first round series. Um, he has to play at the level that he is at right now. Um, and I, I don't know, some have been some have been reporting that the, the Nets just may say, hey, we're going to pay the fines. Kyrie, come out here and play. And he'd be able to play home games. I don't know. I don't know what type of precedent that would set or if the league would even allow it to be. But again, to go back to your original question, KD has to play at that world beta level just to have them competitive. Seth Curry is a, at, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Seth Curry Seth is a Curry. good addition. Uh, I think some of those other pieces are fine when you have at least two of those three. But even with him playing at that all-world, best-in-the-planet type atmosphere what he's playing in, they're still not enough. Um, one person that I do want to kind of give a little bit of props to, looking like he um, got himself a little bit back in shape, if you will. I think that he let himself go in Detroit, but Blake Griffin looked all right yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. He looks he looks focused and and looks in shape. Again, I know when he was in Detroit, 
kind of the load was all on him pause where he had to do a lot of the work. Um, but with somebody like KD facilitating and getting guys in their spots and stuff like that, Blake Griffin definitely looked very complimentary um, to one KD yesterday. It could be the Laker in me, but I never liked him either because he was a Clipper. But I, I, I got to concur. He looks to have a little bit more bounce in his step. I don't know that if he can ever regain to be L.A. Clippers, Blake, but he he's serviceable. He, he gets those minutes. Right. A lot of it has to do with him not having that primary role, and so he's able to come off the bench. He's able to have DNPs and rest plenty of times because he's an older player. So uh, if, if he's able to give them even – 70% of what he used to be for spurts throughout that, that could help. Um, but honestly, I don't see this team making it out of the East, not with Milwaukee still there, not with Philly looking as good as they have. Um, I don't see them being able to come out of the East. But And then quiet squad, like the East is pretty heavy. So you got the quiet squads as well, like the Bostons of the world and Miami. Or um, even even so, Chicago, even though they haven't you know absolutely. been playing to the best lately. they. They're still dogs, and, and they're still out there. Uh, they just put put something on the Raptors the other night. Um, the Celtics, like you said, boy, Celtics playing some good basketball. You think who who do you have? And I guess we could kind of get into it closer to the playoffs. But you you got a favorite yeah, coming no, out of the I East? Not now. No. Okay, say less, say less. But um, interest overall, it's been interesting. I think going back to the Lakers for one quick second as I thought about it, um, the reason. I, I know we talked about it on air, and I've mentioned, and I said, okay, I didn't like Westbrook. I don't know why they thought that was a good fit. They're going to have to change that. Da, 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 da. I think with as much as both LeBron and AD have been hurt in the last couple of seasons, they felt like they needed somebody who was reliable, who wasn't going to miss games, who could come in and take care of scoring and, and hold the load and, and do all of that. Now, first of all, let me preface all of this by saying it failed. They did not. Uh, accomplish what they were setting to do but if you think about it if the russell westbrook who has traditionally throughout his career been a really healthy solid good player um had he come in and been able to perform and actually not been like west brick with all the time ad has played 32 games this season think about that now he already averages i think it's like 60 something games per season he misses time every year but to take your already shortened time and cut that in half, 32 games this man has played this year. If we had a w- Russell Westbrook at his best, and you, I'm, I'm not going to call him Russell Westbrook like I have been. Um, if we had Westbrook at his best, we really could have at least been five seed. But for him to have been not himself and then to sustain all of the other injuries on top of the lack of chemistry, on top of the ill-advised move by the leadership to not make any movements at the trade deadline it's like no this has failed miserably but i as i started to think about it and i wanted to acknowledge that maybe it could have made sense if it had worked but again prefaced 44 million dollars doesn't make sense anywhere but i am surprised (laughs) that we got from blake griffin in brooklyn all the way over to the west coast again in the lakers but it's carolina sports talk lakers talk so hey, you Car- know, Carolina Lakers talk. Off, yeah, exactly. Always ended off with the Lakers. See what had happened was I was thinking yeah, about it when yeah, you was talking, yeah. but I didn't want to interrupt my dog. Yeah, you feel me? I got you. Still, had, you had to get that in there. I'm just saying. You. Exactly. I, I think that that dollar amount. That's all I think about all the time and how NBA contracts are. When you're going to get your money, I give him credit for at least showing up and being available. You know what I mean? I, I do give him credit for that, and uh, you know, 
he's at home some of the crip walking and stuff up the court i could do do without but he's been available to your point they've got they've got superstars and stuff that haven't been available so absolutely but, and it's, it's hindered us but either way shout out to him and the avail and his availability you know they say the best ability is availability um and as a matter of fact that transitions me that into say again i threw you that alley you i did i appreciate that solid that was a solid but speaking of availability, uh, as we mentioned last week with the court cases to coming in with a not, with a re- resolution not to be able to serve an indictment, uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson, that trade sweepstakes opened up. He took us through a drama through the entire week um, on Willie, won't he? Where will he go? Uh, for those of you who may have missed it, Deshaun Watson is now the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, in that trade, and these are the updated numbers, so if you've heard something, something different, these are the latest. Uh, in that trade, the Cleveland Browns get Deshaun Watson and a fifth rounder, and the Texans are getting three first rounds, three, three, three first round picks, a third round pick, two fourth round picks, and they are paying him 248 million dollars guaranteed that is crazy shout out to deshaun first of all because he is getting that bread it's the first fully guaranteed contract um of its sorts it's the largest contract in nfl history uh, to a guy who got 22 people i guess he needs that money because he's gonna have to end up paying some of them women to but that's a whole different yeah, I was going to say this is the NFL showing what kind of boys club they are because um, if you've seen uh, a <laughs> shout out to Bomani again, but on his recent uh, episode of his show, he said, uh, you know, <laughs> he put up like pink uh, Cleveland uh, Deshaun Watson jerseys and like, yeah, I guess these are on sale in Cleveland or whatever like that kind of making a play oh, wow. or a joke about it. But yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, respect, not respectfully, disrespectfully, kind of a slap in the face to to women NFL fans around the world, kind of being dismissive, I suppose, of of everything going on. Uh, you know, I being that he's not in Carolina or not in Charlotte mm-hmm. and he was in Houston and stuff. I again, I let's you know, and I do want to talk about the backlash before we get there. Let's talk about the actual like the saga itself that was the whole rigmarole he started off by first of all announcing it was announced that there were four teams that were interested in running amongst others uh that being the carolina panthers the new orleans saints and the atlanta falcons alongside the cleveland browns cleveland was actually the first team that was taken off of his list he wanted to be in the south he wanted to win he took them off of the list initially when he it it wasn't that they were and later on the next night because let me not get ahead of myself the next day after the Cleveland Browns were told, no, you're out of contention, the Carolina Panthers were advised that we were out of contention. Um, the reports were out that the money was the hiccup and the hang-up with that, with us failing to guarantee the last two years of that contract. When the reports came out, it was less than one hour later that it was announced that he was going to the Cleveland Browns. It's almost like Cleveland said, you know what? They're not going to guarantee them last two years, but shh. We will. What's up? Pull up. 
And when they started getting that money, I think it went a little bit longer because he ultimately, from a lot of reports, wanted to be in New Orleans. And they he had that that offer from the Browns, even though they had already been announced as being out of it. And when New Orleans was kind of hesitant about it then, he said, you know what, don't worry about it. We're going with the Browns too. So the whole back and forth thing, man, was was crazy, man. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it was warranted, first of all, for all of the drama that he kind of put every, all the teams through? I think in true Cleveland and Carolina Panthers fashion, um, you know, we get told and, and get rejected first before mm. any kind of decision mm. is made. But also, uh, you know, all of, I hate to say it this way in respect to any victims of any kind of, you know, assault, sexual assault and things like that. But all of that allegations aside, I can't blame him for going where the money resides. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where the money resides, where the money resides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, Man. guaranteed. Listen. I just, you just can't. I, I, it's, it, I was, I was kind of, it was unfathomable. It was unfathomable for me. Like, again, so I bring up the 44 million with Russell, the 500 million with Patrick Mahomes recent times outside of LeBron's Nike deal. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe, uh, maybe a KD situation in Brooklyn, but big money has not uh, paid off in the, in the, <laughs> in the grand scheme of a lot of things in the past that recently. So, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's the, at the end of the day, he rich. <laughs> he, he, he got a whole different set of problems now. I will say that from a football perspective, I understand the move. I think that the Cleveland Browns themselves, a lot of people are saying, oh, they gave up too much. I think for where they feel like their roster is this year, right now, it, it was just enough. They are absolutely betting on right now. And and if it if it works out that this leads them to a Super Bowl championship, do you feel like the price paid was enough? Or was too um, much? Just only again, if yeah, if if it's a deep run into the playoffs or a Super Bowl uh run where it can make Cleveland a little bit more attractive for free agents, or dare I say, and hate to cross sports this here, but dare I say LeBron, say for instance takes his retirement uh, tour um, to Cleveland and Bronny is there and, mm, and the city becomes back another, right. So then it becomes attractive for free agents. But one thing's for sure. They definitely not about to draft no great talent uh, anytime soon. Here's the thing, but they, they, they don't have the picks to draft. Nothing great. They better That's be finding saying. something in the sixth and fifth. But honestly, with the way that the contracts are, and even like I said, this year specifically, if you take a look at their roster, let's just look at it. Some of the headliner players they got. Of course, now they have Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. Nick Chubb is the starting running back alongside Kareem Hunt. They have Amari Cooper at the wide receiver position. David Njuku, who is a monster at the tight end. They got Donovan Peoples-Jones out there. Dearness Johnson. They've got the defense that is just ridiculous. Miles Garrett. You got Wusu Corey. Um, Denzel Ward. John Johnson. Uh, Anthony Schwartz. Another wide receiver coming in. Like Greg Newsom, the cornerback. They got a squad, bro, on both sides of the ball. It, it, it looked before... it. <sighs> And that's the, the the one thing that it's always going to be is, but it's 
<laughs> on paper, though, I, I get why they did what they did. And even with the backup position, with um, Baker very much is likely out of there. I don't see him sticking around and be the, big, the, the backup. And so with Jacoby Brissett, I think that's a serviceable part at the backup position. Even with the way that this roster is built, knowing that um, that Deshaun is going to likely miss a lot of time based on a, on uh, the suspensions that are likely to come, because I keep saying likely because it's not definite yet. But they almost certain that he's going to so much so. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but the way that Cleveland structured his contract, the way that he was able to get it built out, all of his money comes after year one. Knowing that if he is suspended for games, he's not going to miss a bunch a bunch of his checks because that first year is very light in the pay, in in the pay. So let's say I don't know the exact structure, but let's say he only gets a million dollars of that, but then suspended for half of that. So he misses out on $500,000 worth of pay. And then he still has the other 247 million built out for the remaining four years of the contract. So they did him a solid with even the way that they structured the contract so that knowing, yes, likely he could miss. I honestly think eight is a realistic or with a, a 17 game season, probably nine games as a suspension for the, whatever accusations have been made and levied at this point. But if you think about it, that's half of the year, whatever that salary is, it's already lowered. He still has the majority of his money in the bank. So it was, it was a good look for them to do that for him. But with that, Jacoby Brissett can fill in in that position and they're still at least in contention and able to be able to be in some type of winning spot when he comes back from that suspension. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I, I, honestly, if we think about the backlash you you mentioned earlier that um, there are the victims and there are women in Cleveland who may feel some way. Cleveland actually has the most amount of female employees working for them with the football operations side of it. You know that there, it's been a big push in the last several years with a lot of women who are going into refereeing and, and who are coaches and being given those opportunities. They've got six women on staff on the football squad side of things. And so um, they, they said that they did the deep dive and they said that they um, did the research and da, 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 da. What do you think about the reports that came out when the lawyer for the 22 women, Mr. Busby mentioned that in their quote unquote research, they didn't contact him at all to be able to talk with any of the victims. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just showing the boys club that the NFL is, you know, that uh, getting him out of Houston would kind of get him back on TV, get him back in the, you know, another another uh, asset, if you will, back out there. Uh, Like we'll kind of talk about here in a few big deal, no thing. But um, yeah, this, you know, it's a it's a bottom line thing. I first, uh, just him being a black man, honestly, at first, you know, definitely wanted to root for him and stuff like that. And it's like, um, where there's smoke, there's fire type of thing, like kind of was very reminiscent of Bill Cosby and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff you can't ignore. So it's like, even if there's, um, even if lawsuits are dropped or things are settled or anything like that, people are found not guilty, you know, there's something going on, something, something creepy about homie, put it like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel where the lawyer's coming from, but it just, again, it just highlights the boys club that the NFL is. I, I, and I see that perspective and I agree with it heavily in a lot of ways. I also feel like though, I wouldn't trust Busby to, to t- try to talk to the, 
um, victims either. He is, and I mentioned it literally a year ago on Carolina Sports Talk, that he himself has been shady through this entire process. I agree. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There is some component, some element of him doing something that's there. Um, the Texans, in my belief, knew about it the entire time. But when he requested his trade, that's when they began to either not cover it up and or to leak the information so that there could be an an, an issue or a situation with it. Um, I wouldn't trust that man as far as I can throw him. And I'm and, and, and y'all know Big Cliff. I can, I'm a pretty good dude. I'm sure I can handle that. Um, there is no telling that if they were to have requested that from him, what he would have tried to have leveraged or what would have been leaking or the Cleveland Browns. Like, there ain't no way I would have went to talk to him to, to, to try to do that. Um, I would have tried to go on another avenue or whatever, but again, they chose not to for whatever reason. They were confident in it, whether it be because, like you mentioned, the all boys thing or whatever, or if they just felt like, hey, it don't even matter. Pay your fines, do whatever you got to do. We're trying to win the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it works out for Deshaun. He still has a long road to go before he's back on the field. You, but Nah, go ahead. I'll let you land there, my fault. No, that's it. I was, I was getting transition. Go ahead. You know, I was going to just ask you you mentioned it a little bit earlier what you and i'm kind of stealing your thunder a little bit but what do you think is is next for your boy baker mayfield honestly yeah he better go into acting because he's way better at that than quarterbacking i like his progressive commercials to you absolutely absolutely a lot of the hype a lot of the bad boy mentality in college come to the pros not able to quite eh, cut it um yeah no but the difference is i think because he isn't as entitled and or as kind of because you know johnny manzano came from money he there's people had that oil money they it was long before that so baker coming up a little bit differently i think will allow him to be able to ingratiate himself with people a little bit more he just may not be as a quarterback i i was very 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 happy today when i heard that the carolina panthers would not be pursuing baker mayfield uh, if they can go ahead and put one of those out about Jimmy Garoppolo, I might actually, you know, feel comfortable and not feel like I have to burn my stuff. But um, I honestly think he just is done at this point. I don't even see him being a backup in the league. What about you? Where do you think he goes? We got enough Baker Mayfields walking around Charlotte. She kind of want to <laughs> kick in the rear. But, yeah, um, I don't, I, you know, I think that there's opportunities out there uh, still for for some work, I don't see him being a bona fide starter, but um, but we shall see. If, if football again, like with the Johnny Manziel thing, you you doing stuff, or you getting drunk, or got substance abuse issues and stuff like that, partying with Drake and doing everything outside of football. If, if Baker shows again that his true passion is football, maybe you he know, can. His opportunity is there to, yeah, to, to kind of salvage his legacy, to kind of make another turn on his on his career, if you will, and and try to, you know, uh, try to contribute. I mean, uh, try to uh, have some contributions to his career, in other words, like outside of what what has been in Cleveland, because Cleveland has been a mess. If you think about it, uh, you yes. know, the past couple of years so. Yeah, I saw a jersey um, that one of the Cleveland fans had with all of the quarterbacks' names that they've had since the 1999 draft, if I'm not mistaken. And it's 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 ridiculous. But he does have the op- the possibility of re- revamping himself. We saw it this year, as a matter of fact, with one of the quarterbacks we're getting ready to talk about. Um, 
where quarterbacks who were first round draft picks didn't work out as starters, went someplace, backed up some starters for a little while, and and getting some burn. Um, the Deshaun Watson trade to the Cleveland Browns started a kind of a quarterback carousel, um, namely with one being Matt Ryan traded to Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick. Um, that one particularly was kind of a big deal because although Atlanta knew that they were looking and they were going to, because there was some talk that they may have drafted a quarterback this year when they took um, a man Pitts out of Florida, but um, they knew that they were already going to be in the market looking for a quarterback soon. They just decided to speed that up a little bit longer. For those of you who may not know, Matt Ryan is actually the son-in-law of the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank. Uh, and so he, they had a tough conversation. Hey, we're in on this Deshaun Watson we will likely have to trade you. And I think at that point, Matty, I said, hey, well, let me just go ahead and save you the headache. Even if y'all don't get him, I'm out of here. And in such and in fashion, he made his way up to Indianapolis. I think that's a good football fit. Um, but $40 million, $40.5 million cap hit, bro. Sheesh. You think, you can you imagine that? Your job saying, listen, uh, we appreciate everything you've done, but we don't want you here. So much so that... We are going to trade you someplace else for a third round pick, and we're going to have to pay forty and a half million dollars just to not have you here. But I can't even fathom that, man. Do you think that it was a good move for the Falcons to uh, go ahead and just jumpstart the rebuilding phase? Yeah, it was a time for time for a change down there. Uh, the fans kind of deserve it, but also like just since they're. Super Bowl debacle and and them kind of mm-hmm. falling apart in the Super Bowl. It's Matty Ice never has really been the same. Um, seeing you know Julio Jones getting up out of there. Uh, what Roddy White? He uh, retired. I want to say. Yeah, Roddy retired before so they drafted. It was Julio. just yeah, it just never was the same. Of course, they got Kyle Pitts up in there last year, but it was pretty much time for a change um, and and a new look for the for the Falcons. So I, I think it was. You know, maybe not forty point five million million dollars worth uh, of a change to be made, but you know, about to talk about who's there now. But I, you know, again, get some young, fresh talent in there. I was uh, nah, I won't even go there, but because I was gonna choose, nah, because normally, listen, <laughs> let, me, let me super pause this in advance. But normally, you'd be like, you know, get some young, fresh. In there, yeah, like, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> young fresh talent, young fresh talent, yeah, fresh meat. They funny, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. But no, you mentioned it just now. Marcus Mariota is the new quarterback, and he was the one who I alluded to. One of the guys who started off in Tennessee wasn't quite the fit that they needed there, um, and spent some time as the backup with the Raiders, and now he's getting another chance to be the starter. I think this is a good move, and we also know that uh, Mitch Trubisky. Similarly, started off with the with the Chicago Bears, wasn't the great fit there, took some time backing up um, Allen in Buffalo, and now he's the starting quarterback, presumably, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. But um, I think overall, it's, it's, it's a lot of layers to this. Um, Marcus Mariota, I don't think, is the future. They're giving him the chance because if he does work out, they got somebody for the low. A third rounder for a franchise quarterback is nothing. Um, if he doesn't, he's a he's a good stopgap. He's somebody who could build them uh, or carry the team into next year as they begin to start picking up some steam and trying to get reload through the draft that way. Uh, one other thing that was interesting to me with the Matt Ryan trade, um, 
You know, it's uh, it's pretty frequent and regular for players to try to recruit other players to come in around this free agency time. But did you just happen to see a tweet from our frat brother, uh, Mr. Darius Leonard, um, upon the announcement of Matt Ryan as his quarterback? He he instantly, uh, like real quick, <laughs> reached out to Julio Jones and said, "Hey, man, you guys, you can come on back here and get that connection. Y'all used to catching touch. You used to catching touchdowns for Matty House in the Atlanta Dome. Come on down here and get it in our dome." Uh, I thought that was funny because I don't know how much Julio has left, but for players, it's just instantly jump and you know, you know, dog country anyway. So it, it literally sounded exactly like him on his Twitter, but. Um, yeah, no, they 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 want to win, and it's and when you get to this yeah. point in free agency, um, they they're they're kind of pulling and trying to get anybody and everybody that they can uh, from a recruitment player side and to the stadium and into their teams. As such, the Carolina Panthers have been making some moves. They didn't even need the players to go out there and be recruiters. I am incredibly. I got to give a hand of applause to Mr. Scott Federer, the GM of the Carolina Panthers. He has made some solid moves. That have me prepared to say something on the air, sir, that is going to be a hot take, bro. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. With the moves that the Carolina Panthers have made, I am okay with them starting Sam Darnold at the quarterback position next year. And here's why. <laughs> the positions that allowed... Um, the team, the format, and the the structure, the outline, the formula, whatever you want to call it, that they went into the season with, started us off at three and zero. When Christian McCaffrey got hurt, then we lost an alignment. Then we no no no, and we also lost in that very same game our first round pick, J.C. Horn. Injuries really derailed us, and and it seems like so f- long ago. Long ago, it seems like so long ago that we don't really remember it, but we started off 3-0 and with the formula that Matt Rule had put in place. They have shored up the offensive line. They've gotten the defense better. We've locked in our wide receivers. We've drafted, uh, excuse me, drafted. Slow, we, be clear, slow down with the we, all right? Go ahead, man. I'm back on the, with with the, the I'm back on the Panthers bad bandwagon. Listen, I've thought for a long time that uh, not Mick Mixon. What was his replacement name? Um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, can't think of his name. But my, my guy that came over from ESPN. I thought that was the best move. So much so that I named it twice on on air, as you so uh, in high star fashion pointed out. But I'm going to run down some of the uh, additions that we have recently that the Carolina Panthers have made recently with their squad. They just added linebacker Corey Littleton. They re-signed Dante Jackson, DJ Moore, Bradley Bozeman, the center guard, Johnny Hecker, the number one punter in the league, Super Bowl champion just this year with the Rams. Defensive tackle Matt Ionis, uh, guard Austin uh, Corbett. Damian Wilson, I don't really too much like that when he's linebacker, but the running back, Deontay Foreman, who is a monster. Safety, Xavier Woods, which will allow him and Chin to play high, low, pitch back and forth. I am excited with the moves that this team has made because we filled the holes, which honestly allows us when we're going into the draft to pick best available. And so what that does now is it really, honestly, it doesn't matter who we put back there at the quarterback position. Even they couldn't mess this up for me and for the Carolina Panthers. Your thoughts. Carolina is sitting back saying, watch this. 
Oh, we can't mess this up. Watch this. Hold my beer. Exactly. I don't have, listen, the way that the season ended last year, like you said, injuries definitely, definitely played a a big part, a huge part on, on stifling our fast start. But even with the fast start, um, I think you may have been a person and down uh, famously at Club Shed. There was a couple of football fans down there that just told me, you know, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. And I, I was telling cats, you know, I, I'm cool. It's just, it was what it was at the time. It's three and no, it's three and no. But, you know, a lot of people would, who y'all played and, and different arguments like that. And just watching how the season had played out. Nah, I, I am sitting back with lowered expectations. Lowered expectations. Bro, honestly, though, I, I'm not, I'm I needed something to get excited about, and the although yeah. none of the moves were like flashy, they spent good money, and we still have thirty million dollars in cap space remaining after all of the acquisitions that we have. So we still can, if even though I don't think we need it, if they wanted to go out and get the honey badger, if they wanted to go out and get mm. um your, your your boy from Seattle, there are still uh, uh still a lot of great players. Jadavion Clowney has not signed anywhere yet now. All signs are pointing to him headed back to Cleveland uh, to with Deshaun out there and everything, uh, get that Clemson-Carolina connection going. But um, there are still options out here for us to continue to be better and still have the room to grow through the draft. Um, one name that I am really, really interested in, I, I saw that I've seen him going as high as 10, 11, 12, and as low as in the 30s. But I think that the Carolina Panthers should absolutely look at him Nicobe Dean, linebacker, University of Georgia. We hit our defense has honestly not been no matter how good they were even last year and during that three and start, they've not been the same since Luke Keekley retired. I I love Shaq Thompson. I I think he is not a middle linebacker. He is an outside linebacker. Um, and with with the uh, uh, the losses that we've had in free agency, I think it is important to consider that position and what its impact could mean for the defense. If we draft a, a roaming nose to the ball student of the game like Dean, I think that could propel that defense into an all pro level. Um, and, and I would love, I know six is kind of high for him, but I feel like he has the potential to be the Luke Keekley type of player that that defense has been missing since Luke retired. And if they draft that guy, bro, the future looks nothing but bright for the Carolina Panthers. So I think they should stay away from quarterback by all means in the first round, even if they go offensive lineman, because there are so many great ones in the first round. I, I, I'm good with that. There's up to at some, by some reports, six offensive linemen who could go in the top, top 10 worthy picks, but um, I'm good with offensive linemen, but I think we should run away from quarterback. What would you like to see with the first pick in the NFL draft? Number six overall for the Carolina Panthers. Just a winner, man. A winner. <laughs> Somebody yeah, was going to nah. win. Wake exactly. up and we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna bag a, uh, your man Jordan Davis or nothing like that. But you know, uh, right? Just we, listen, man. I, I hate to sound like the novice guy, but I just I just want to be that that Carolina fan with a beer in his hand that's just enjoying some good football, man. I'm tired of seeing the product that they put on the field. So let's fill in these gaps where we can. And uh, yeah, just not waste the not waste the first round pick, man. 
Absolutely. I will say this before we just before we get out. They Scott Fitterer and um, Tepper have put Coach Rule in the position. They gave him the rope this offseason. A lot of the players are folks who have played for him. They are folks who fit his scheme. They're guys who are going to plug in and immediately begin to be able to make impacts with the type of linemen that they have. They're going to. It's definitely going to be that downhill running scheme. Um, and that's why I say it, it would really be hard for a quarterback to mess this up. But they've given him the rope. He is going to do one of two things. He's going to use that rope to pull us into contention and to show that in year three, which I said it was going to be, he is the coach that we many of us thought him to be, or they're giving him the rope to say, hey, we appreciate it. Hit the road, Jack. So it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what happens, man. I'm I'm excited for it. I, again, I've been happy with the moves, and I'm really excited about it. But if you are happy and getting ready to make some moves or excited to make some moves, make sure you hit up my guy, Grant Williams, with Farm Bureau Insurance down in Columbia, South Carolina. He's got all your home, auto, life, and auto. Let's try it again. He's got all your auto, home, life, and health insurance needs taken care of. Hit up Grant at 803-699-7564 or... Extension two, or you can give him a call on yourself on his cell phone, 843-453-5257. Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance. He's got all your insurance needs. If you mention big the code Big Cliff, he'll make sure and get you a nice little discount on there as well. Y'all, if I could show y'all High Star's face while I'm doing this read, bro, I'm just like, what, bro? What? <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, frankly, shout out to Grant Williams and uh <laughs> I'm just anticipating mail time. Could I read the second? No, you email? can't read the second Please? email. The second one? Please, brother. Please, man. So without further ado. It really make my week. It is mail time. You've got mail. We've got two emails today uh, from the same person. It looks like they went and gave one and then it's like, you know what? I got something else to say. It's from our friendly neighborhood Carolina sports talk troll. Um. I'll read the first one. We'll talk about it a little bit, and then I'll let you go ahead and read the second one since you're so excited to do so, which will allow me and prepare me the opportunity to to rebut it. You see what he's saying? You see what he's saying? Already. Already. So our first email of the day comes, again, from the Carolina Sports Talk Trolls. It says, Big Cliff and DJ Highstar, in the light of Westbrook Laker talk, it comes back into the forefront of my mind about behavior of fans. Death threats? Stalking? Crazy social media posts, burning expensive jerseys and other paraphernalia that they paid for when a player is trading or speaks about the political views or faith, throwing things at and spitting on athletes. Why do these people do these things? How do they get to this point? The email goes on to say, on a more personal note, Big Cliff, what's the deal about the obsession that you and others have about Kobe Bryant? I've heard you on several occasions talk about you crying when he died. You didn't even know him. I seriously want to know what the reason his, I seriously want to know the reason why his death had that kind of effect. What has he done in your life? I say this because it appears that there is a disconnect that I must have as one who appreciates sports and entertainment. I enjoy sports. I enjoy art and music that is created. However, there are far more tragic things that happen in life to people that have changed the world doing more important things versus athletes, entertainers, and artists. Someone probably got tragically killed. 
Kids were put in foster care, etc. not far from where you are and reading this message and you don't feel for them. I'm willing to bet that there was a family member that died that you knew that you that didn't strike the same kind of emotions. I come humbly for answers. Please help me understand. Respectfully, the Carolina Sports Talk <laughs> troll. Disrespectfully. Disrespectfully. <laughs> oh, wow. So much to unpack there. Let's start with the Westbrook thing. Um, people have become way too desensitized to life. Uh, I think that social media has played a part of it. I think that as we have reclused ourselves into burying our faces in phones, we don't possess the people skills that we once had. And so it doesn't surprise me working with young people. I've seen, I don't want to call it the diminishment, but I've seen each year how things are different with young people and how their values have changed. There are so many who had to work to get certain things that uh, didn't, when they get to the next generation say, my kid's not gonna have to work as hard. And so kids just start getting things and there's a sense of entitlement and, and a whole other line of things, a litany of things that I could go through, which would, you know, result in why I think that, but ultimately people just aren't as nice as they used to be. So that's, that's my feeling as to why we got to the point where we did with the Westbrook thing. What do you think about that? I'm ready to get to the, <laughs> ahead, nah, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just going to cut to it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bro, why, you know what? I'm not, because I, this was directed at you, so I want you to go ahead and get out all your all of your feelings. And the first one said Big Cliff and DJ High Star, though. Oh no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And in respect to that, again, is to your point. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get moving a, forward. Let's get to the meat. Pause. Yo, relax, bro. Listen, uh, now, with regards to Kobe Bryant, uh, well, Carolina Sports Talk Troll. There are there. Yes, there have been family members who I did not know and or have a personal relationship with that. Of course, I'm sad anytime somebody passes, but it didn't affect me as much as Kobe. Um, when you spend as much time as real sports fans do watching players cheering for them over 20 years of your life, you 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 do feel not that. Oh, like I know them, but you have a rapport with their image. You you celebrate their accomplishments you witness the accomplishments of their families it's similar as i would expect to those individuals that you may have known from middle school high school or whatever uh time period that you don't communicate with as much or at all but you still have opportunities to witness them on facebook you still have that rapport based on that exposure to them to me it's the same thing what kobe bryant was able to accomplish for a franchise that i've loved literally my entire life um, made me feel a certain level of um, not rapport. Cause again, I don't, I don't want to make it feel like, or make it come across like, Oh, I, I knew Kobe. That was my homeboy. It felt like that was my friend. No, but to know the tragic nature of how it happened and someone who I literally spent the majority half of over half of my life at that point sharing for nah, it, yeah, it's going to hurt, bro. Like it is what it is. I don't care too much what you got to say on that one. I don't want to, you know, bash my loyal friend supporters and listeners but bro who wouldn't be you know hurt for that and even with regard to the other point that he said um someone got tragically killed or kids were put in foster care all of those things affect me as well i'm not i, I didn't necessarily cry because again that ain't 19 years worth of my life that i had put together towards watching invested, somebody yeah. yeah so that there was something invested in but i absolutely have remorse and or feel those feelings when someone else is lost so 
Uh, yeah, we're we're humans around here. We're allowed to, uh, bro. Get the smile, y'all. Y'all gotta nah, see how nah, it starts face, bro. <laughs> I wanted to say like I do like because first of all, I was I, I was around the Carolina sports talk troll around the inception of this email, and um, and I told him I told him go ahead and email the show because you feel like this because he was asking me and I didn't have no answers for him. But as you explain this, you know when it comes down to it, simply. Some people have a heart, man. Some people have Listen, a human side. We're human. Them. We got feelings and, and stuff, and man. Trust me, the way that the Carolina <laughs> Sports Talk troll was talking that day and how he's talking in this email, he is clearly showing that he's bereft of some of those feelings. And, <laughs> and you know, you know, as far as, again, in this, he, he put it out there and made it clear with people that he don't know with celebrities and, 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 and things like that. And we had a comp, we had a conversation about, idolatry and i had to break that down and let them know just yeah people that folks idolize or, or, or look up to and stuff like that but um yeah I, that's the only reason that the smirk is on my face because i'm reliving in my head whenever he first like started to think about this and, and really uh i'll say i gassed him up i told him to go ahead you and absolutely send it gassed him send it listen in. there is no doubt in my mind that you poured this uh, $5 a gallon the premium. Part, <laughs> the only part that I gassed him up with was actually selling him, send it in. Don't ask me. Send it <laughs> into the show. And let's let's hear what Big Clip got to say. Like, Or we could have FaceTimed you right there on the spot, but that would have been no fun. Yeah, my I listeners wouldn't have been able to have a exactly. chance to. Exactly. I so, told him, look, you because he was sounding spicy, like just the way that this email sounds. And I was like, wow, you really feel like that? Go ahead and email the show, man. You know? Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go ahead and hear the second email. Email number two. All right. Now, now uh, again, <laughs> let me give them the context because the first one was was not spicy, but it was you know it was flavorful. You know what I'm saying? I could tell he was starting to feel mm-hmm. some kind of way, and so he sent the email, and I got it, and so it was what it was. But then what made it worse was the second one came like nine minutes later because it's almost like he was like, oh yeah, and, and another thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. While he was in his bag. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So it goes, Big Cliff, this is an intervention. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you reading it in his voice? (laughs) (laughs) It's the Carolina Sports Talk (laughs) Troll. You ain't got to read it in his voice, though. (laughs) Uh, You was killing me. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I got to preface this for all of the young guys out there. If you need to Google DOS effects, go ahead and Google them. But also Oswald Bates is uh, one Damon Wayne's uh, character on In Living Color. And Google or YouTube him as well. But <laughs> it says, Big Cliff, this is an intervention. You are the DOS effects and Oswald Bates of Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> I, know, I know that these references in time from the 90s for you and the young listeners. Uh, he said, I know that these are references in time from the 90s and for you uh, and the young listeners. Look them up, as I stated. You are exceptionally talented with your views about sports and have a well-planned out show. It's the best one I know. Led with love. But... <laughs> You will butcher some words. <laughs> I think DJ Highstar might need to go do a real nice mix with those stumbles. It's going to be live. In order to avoid sounding like an early 90s rapper, 
Stop using big words. I promise the <laughs> listeners appreciate a straightforward message. It doesn't need to be complicated. I think you pronounced and used the big eight SAT words in the right context twice out of a thousand episodes. <laughs> Leave it to the network guys and be you. Check with DJ Highstar before you step out there with the big words. Please, he's your friend. I'm your friend. And I care. He didn't even sign off on that. He didn't he even just, sign off on that know, one. You know who it was. You just know who it is. Uh, response. Well, I really only got one thing to say, man. Dear Mr. Carolina Sports Talk Troll, as where we appreciate all of your vitriol. See how you dig? See how you digging already? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm and I respect the intellectual perspective that you have provided. However, comma, in the words of a great poet, all your hating is fuel for my fire. I would like to illuminate the fact that, sir, I don't say a lot of big words. I simply enunciate my words. The SAT words that you mentioned that I use out of context. I would like to challenge you, sir, to provide me with one example. Better yet, three examples. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Make it more than one. One might be easy to grab. <laughs> but for him, three is, is a fitting number. Three examples, sir of said opportunities where I quote use the wrong context twice out of a thousand episodes I appreciate your listening I appreciate all of the leadership that you have provided throughout the years but simply your words are motivation to me right now I don't care too much about what you're talking about bro <laughs> doc Again, and so uh, put some some stuff in context. I was getting that fire face to face, and he actually, um, I don't know, you know, why he took it light on me on the email, but he definitely came for both of us uh, whenever he was face to face with me. And, and oh, he, he was roasting both of us. I was oh, only one. Yeah, he called me to task on on that um, whenever he was, uh, you know, talking to me face to face. Okay. And you weren't there to defend yourself, but I was there to defend myself, if you will. So I don't know if me defending myself at all made me exempt. <laughs> from alleviated email. you from the yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, I, I respect his perspectives as we respect all of you guys. And so if you have some feedback, hopefully it's not scathing like the, the troll. But if you've got <laughs> some feedback that you'd like to give to me and High Star, definitely shoot us a line. Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. I think what I want to do is invite the troll on uh, for a conversation. Mm. I think that that would be just so the, the, that the fans could really get the full essence of who he is um because this this guy is an antagonist in real life bro everything about him he's a good dude really good friend of Oz. It's, it's all in jokes and love and everything but this guy is literally the epitome 
of antithesis. Like he's just like the opposite of it. Dog, that's not what that is, bro. My my name is Cliff. No, your name's not. Your name's Clifford. Like that's what I just said. Nah, that's not the same thing, dog. And I'm not gonna let you call yourself that, dog. Like really, bro. So nah, we got to get him on so the folks can really feel like uh, pause, so they can yeah. really get all of who he is. Yeah, he had a field day with my uh, sobriety. Oh, uh, as soon as I, you know, <laughs> I told him about that. Hey, but and shout out to you, dog. You rocking strong, though. I appreciate it. it was just uh, he was very inquisitive, if you will. He was asking a lot of questions. I was open to answering, of course, uh, so- sober like October, if you will, and I was ready to answer him. But as soon as he heard that news, because he, because I. I've had a reputation in the past, folks. But uh, so <laughs> when I shared that with him, he definitely had had enjoyable of time with that. Me. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, that is going to do it for mail time. Again, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you've got feedback, hit us up, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. You can either send an email directly to the line, or if you want to record a voice note and send that in, we'll put that on the air as well. Next up, we've got big deal, no thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. We discussed headline topics in sports and tell you whether it's a big deal or nah. First up, Carolina. (laughs) Steph Curry injures ankle on collision with Marcus Smart. Big deal or no thing? Uh, I'm going to go with no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. That's a big deal. I'm going to go the other way. Why you say? All right. Um, again, definitely injuries are a part of the game. If you look at the play itself, it was, it was, uh, you know, a full contact kind of play where, uh, you know, high risk, if you will, high risk for injury on that play. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr is one of my guys. So I definitely feel where Steve Kerr was coming from. Marcus smart doesn't have the best history, uh, at all <laughs> and, and with, with things like that. Um, so I definitely feel where Steve Kerr was coming from. But, uh, you know, it's a graciously not not a serious, serious uh, sprain. No structure and, damage. Um, right. And um, and and Steph should be back for the postseason at, at the at the latest. I said it's a big deal because um, just because what you said, Marcus Smart, if it had been another player, um, then maybe not. If it had been Marcus Smart and then he turned around and the very next play, did a karate chop at uh, a karate kick at clay. It's like, yo bro, you just out here looking like you're trying to be on some takeout players type status. Um, and for those who may have missed it in, in the game, there was a loose ball where Marcus smart dived on the ground towards the ball. But when he dove, he lunged at the ankles and leg area of Steph Curry and rolled up on his ankle. And that's what caused the injury. The next play as Steph was limping out, um, there was a rebound where Marcus Smart was jumping up for the rebound. He did not secure the ball, but in his way coming down, he, he kicked his leg in a very intentional and awkward fashion and ended up kicking Clay on the shoulder and, and kind of falling down from there. I've heard some who say, who said that, oh, if he hadn't done that, he would have fell on his face. Blah, blah, blah. Nah, you can very see that he was trying to kick that dude. And so he was awarded a uh, flagrant foul one for that. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a big deal because he could have took both of them out and he's, he's kind of playing dirty. Those are the types of things that have other players looking at you when it comes time to do some retribution, if you would. I'll say that and leave it there. 
Next up, Brittany Griner is detained in Russia until May 19th. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. I agree, and I also say it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Just to give, before we get into our explanations, for those who may not know, Brittany Griner was uh, in Russia playing basketball, as many of the WNBA players do. That's a whole different discussion as to why. But in re- as in return, trying to return to the country, um, during a random search at the airport, there were cannabinoid, cannabinoid oils found in her bag or vapes, um, and she was detained as permissible by Russian law. Um, and she's been, she was there since what Christmas, just after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, but she's been there for a while and they never gave a date. And then now recently it's come out that she's going to be there at least until May 19th. Um, and then they'll decide from there when to release her. But why you say it's a big deal, bro? Um, I think it's a huge deal. Uh, the, the way that it's downplayed and not really, um, highlighted in the media, um, has been a big deal to me. And then also there's so many layers to this thing, like you kind of alluded to, uh, shout out to the Carolina sports talk troll, but like you alluded to, uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, the fact of why she had to play over there regardless in the, mm-hmm. in the first place, one of the, you know, uh, better athletes that we have in the WNBA and in women's basketball, having to pick up supplemental checks overseas playing basketball is a issue in itself. Second layer of it is um, she's a, she's a face of the LGBT um, and uh, LGBTQ community rather LGBTQ plus community, please respectfully. Um, But uh, there's, you know, rumbles of, of Putin's stance on a lot of that stuff and uh, how that may, you know, have made a, uh, made a determination or, or contributed to, to her, her delayed punishment and stuff like that, if you will. Another layer of it, of course, is the, the conflict right now going on between Russia and Ukraine. It's just not somewhere uh, that we want one of our citizens at. Um, if she, had she been, of course, um, let's just say white, <laughs> but right. or had she been just anything uh, other than Brittany Griner, um, I think that she would be labeled as a political prisoner. You know, Biden and Kamala Harris and, and our government would be fighting for her freedom a little bit harder than we than we hear. Um, and again, it's just tough to hear. Uh, you know that she's got to she's got to be over there now. Granted, I don't think too many too many Russian females in that jail really really want right. it. They don't want to no like smoke that. right. But that's right. a whole other thing. But it's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, precisely. I, I agree that it's a big deal for all of the same reasons that you just said, literally for every single one. Um, I, I, I wrote a post on Facebook um, when a, a young lady who isn't really big into sports, apparently there was an article about it or the story was brought up on 60 Minutes, and she just was like, wait, what? Uh, and, and so she's literally been doing research into it, and, and, and I dropped something on her page just to kind of help her along with that. I told her, consider this, the highest paid players in the WNBA in 2022 will make uh, each, because there's three of them, each of them will make $228,094 for the entire year. That's their salary. Now, to us, $228,000, that's a nice little chunk of change. But when you consider that for their contemporary, compare that Stephen Curry, who made, at the conclusion of this season, will have made 
$45,780,966. That's a problem that there is that big wow. a discrepancy in Absolutely. salaries amongst the top players in their respective leagues. Um, I s- go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. I saw another uh, thing that was illustrating the chasm. Shout out to the Carolina Sports Talk troll. But it was illustrating the chasm between the two uh, leagues, in other words. But the uh, white guy with the with the 70s mustache, uh, Stephen, help me out. He's a center. Uh, uh, Adams. Okay, Stephen Adams. His salary is more than theirs. Com- like, if you combine those top players in the, uh, in the WNBA, he makes more. And I think that he might be listed like 43rd or something like that on the highest paid um, NBA players list. I get that butts in the seats matter. Um, that's not a situation. See, been working too long, hard day. The, the audience pays to come and see what they, they want to see. The more that people go to support women's basketball, the more salaries will be there. Will it ever be the same? I don't, I don't believe so. But there are some who just don't like women's basketball. There are some who don't like regular basketball. But there are very clearly more fans that are there. Kobe Bryant, um, shout out to the Carolina Sports Talk troll, before his untimely passing, was a proponent for women's basketball. Not just because his daughters were playing, but because he realized the talent level that so many of them possessed, but that they weren't given a lot of the same opportunities. So he was fighting. There is no telling. There's no doubt in my mind, honestly, had he not died when he did, he could have been something serious and something really impactful for the WNBA to help it grow as a league. He's going to get on you for impactful, but go ahead. Impactual, not a word. I'm going to look it up right now. You guys, I'm, I can see that. I guess because <laughs> if you have an impact that has an effect, but, that's impactful, is it not? I think impactual. I think it would be impactful, perhaps. But um, I think you're right. Where Kobe could have been like a commissioner, uh, pretty much in the, in their uh, league. That's how much of a proponent and like a liaison that he was for the uh, for the women's for the for women's basketball in general. Then you got guys like KD and Kyrie that are just that champion women's basketball at every level. Impactual, having a powerful effect. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, like just because y'all boy don't know y'all words. <laughs> kinda, I'm starting to kind of feel Carolina sports talk troll now. I hear you. You can feel what you want to feel, pause. But at the end of the day, my words is real. Tell me it's real. Yes, I just remixed remixed that. But anyway, ultimately, when people start supporting, that's when the money will come. Um, I I think it's it's a travesty, again, because of the political reasons. Yo, your man Putin is wilding out here, and we're not going to get into politics or anything, but this is very, very, very clearly a political prisoner. She's, She's there and being made an example of, I don't think that, although it has been on 60 Minutes, although it is beginning to catch a little bit more steam and movement, I don't know if it's enough for them to say, hey, what will it take? They can't even honestly, without inciting some type of higher level stuff, do some of the back channel bartering that they would normally do to get prisoners like that loose because Putin is wilding. And and with him prepared and from a lot of accounts getting ready to start using chemical warfares over there in Ukraine, this could get way uglier before it gets any prettier. And so we, we we're definitely our uh, prayers and thoughts out to Brittany Griner and her family. Uh, we're, we're ready and, and waiting and praying for her safe return home. 
Last up, David Ojabo tears his Achilles at Michigan Pro Day, and no one stops to help him. Big deal or no thing? Uh, big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. What do you say? I uh, just want to keep mine short and sweet. You really see uh, where they don't stop to help him, but they do go to pick up the cones and get ready pretty the much to uh, get prepared for the next athlete to go through their drill or whatever like that. And it just, again, it shows kind of what the uh, NFL thinks of these guys. It, it always gives you that, that kind of that undertone of that undertone of asset. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that these guys are just kind of, you know, stock or property um, or whatnot. So, yeah, definitely a big deal. For those who may not be familiar with David Ajabo, he is um, a top five projected pick in the NFL draft. So he's not just some random. Oh, we don't know who that guy is. We're not. He, he was an All-American. He was although he's the second best player on his team. The number one player could very likely be a top two pick. Um it was a big deal. First of all, anybody who's injured and for people to not take a stop in second and, and look, you're he's literally the reason that you're there because he it was trash. I'm not even going to get into it. I hate the way that optics make things look sometimes. I don't like getting into the race and or if he was this, it would have been that or but it, it, it paints a picture that it was not a good look for any of the teams there and not even that just Michigan themselves. Um it, it just wasn't a good look for them overall. We we, we wish him a speedy recovery um, and special. Actually, you got a special shout out. Another speedy recovery prayers up as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yo, shout out because we had uh, Coach Youssef on the show mm -hmm. and he, he kind of spoke them boys up. They got through uh, as far as speaking up Murray State and, and one Trey Hannibal. They got through their first round game. Trey Hannibal drops 18 points. Um, great game, but then they run into kind of the Cinderella story of the uh, of the tournament um, out of Jersey City, New Jersey. Who was it that beat Kentucky? St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, they they ran into St. Peter's. Shout out to their coach too, very confident. But um, Trey was was helping them, and, and Coach Youssef will tell you he was he was trying to assist them and and helping them. Kind of, he he started that game. Uh, Whenever he was sitting down, St. Peter's was making their, their kind of breaking away from Murray State. And then when he got back on the floor, he was making some plays. And um, I was paying close attention to the game. So they, they kept it close or, or brought it back close, like, you know, within 10 and in striking distance. Um, and then I think he fell and clutched his knee, I want to say. Uh, and it was just tough to watch, especially after um, having that great interview with Coach Youssef on here and, and and him singing Trey's praises or whatnot and just knowing the roots and the the kind of the seven degrees of separation that we have with that young man so shout out to him speedy recovery definitely uh he's only a sophomore this year I want to say right so he'll definitely be back at Murray State and um there's some you know they they've got they've got a good they got a solid squad but he he is he is like that. He is like that. He's as advertised. I know a lot of people kind of saw little flashes of that at South Carolina, but he's as advertising. He's ready to go. Definitely. To go, rather. Definitely. And like you said, praying for a speedy and quick recovery for him as well. Now, I think we may need to um, – we, we, did you do a bracket this year? No, no, no. Not at all. 
Neither did I. With with as much other sports have been going on, I've been watching some of the games. I'm definitely shout out to the Tar Heels. Um, I, I've been watching some. Um, I would love to see the Tar Heels and Duke in the Final Four play each other. But we uh we we may have to record a special uh, tournament special maybe around the Elite Eight time and kind of get that out and give a recap of some so far the games for everybody else. But Last up on the show today, nothing to do with sports. We mentioned we were going to be talking about winning time. So if you've not yet seen the episodes, I'm telling you now, spoiler alert, we're about to talk about the episode. So um, you, I ain't telling you to turn it off. Just maybe like ignore us a little bit and just let it play pause. in the background. Yeah, just pause the pause the podcast until you watch the show. If you, if yeah, you, need, boom. you don't want the spoiler. See, maybe that's what the Carolina Sports Talk troll talk, was talking about, those kinds of things where you helping me out. Shout out to my dog, High Star. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you, my dog. So, dog, you've caught up. Episode three. Well, no, 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 no. First of all, first of all, don't don't put it on me. You've caught up, all right? So you caught episode two and episode three because we haven't talked about two at all. So hey, you've yo, caught up, relax. right? Relax. <laughs> Yes, I am fully caught up with all three episodes. Awesome. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, I work hard. What you want me to do, dog? I ain't got time to sit and watch a TV. Anyway, but <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? Like this, this is this is getting getting good, man. Yeah, I, I saw a quick, um, I saw like a post or something or a tweet where it was saying like they didn't like the progression. Kind of, they thought that. Yes, you know, people nowadays know that a series is around 10 episodes and stuff. And they're like, uh, it feels like season one is going to end with only like them playing a preseason game or two or right. whatever like that because <laughs> of how slowly it's progressing. But um, going to episode two, um, you see kind of, again, Jerry West going, uh, having his challenges with what he's going to do with the new draft pick, Magic, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. A guy... Um, suggest to him uh from the lakers brass they suggest to him you know put him at the four uh coach you know uh, jerry bus told you that you can do whatever you want with the lineup and stuff like that so he goes to um and i'm gonna get uh your man's name down the point guard but is it is it nate nixon i want to say or I, I just can't remember his his first name but again right. married to debbie allen um whatever his name is I, I i gotta i gotta show respect but anyway we're he went to him, he went to Nixon, and then he went to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the show, pitched them the ideas of uh, having Magic at the four and all of that stuff or whatever like that. And, um, yeah, toward the end, uh, fast-forwarded and stuff like that, but uh, right at the end, uh, Jerry Buss, you know, well, before before all of that, Jerry Buss meets Red Auerbach, right? Mm-hmm. The quote-unquote pope at the time and right kiss follow, the ring follow the cigar smoke whenever you meet him because he was at an owner's uh he hosted an owner's like conference or an owner's meeting in la and stuff like that so uh you kind of get to see the the culture of la back then or, or whatnot and still with these eight millimeter lenses bro it's it's, Listen, the, it's the, making my world it's making my world the the transition of cinematography from the eight millimeter to um to the current day and there's so many different elements that give it the authenticity to make it really feels like it's an older flick. Um, yeah, even with the current um 
like the current resolution, mm-hmm. it still seems like it has like an Instagram filter on it of like a sepia mm-hmm. or something like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? One of those like filters on it. So it, it, yeah, it's just fire. But so it's it's almost like you could smell the cigarette smoke from the lounges that they're sitting in, and <laughs> you know what I mean, from the offices that they're sitting in. And all of these white guys got temper problems. We'll, we'll let's just put that out there as well. I love how much they are keeping it accurate and time appropriate time era appropriate but also like you said like they letting it go like with everybody drinking all day long and smoking and everything and i don't that part is just like they really was out here living wild but um one of the one of my favorite parts um is moving into episode three was when storm and norman and magic were norm nixon that's what it is norm nixon go ahead what did you say Nate, I think I said Nate. Oh, stinking Nate. Anyway, when Storm and Norman was um, finally starting to warm up to magic and just to see how knowing what they were able to do out there in L.A. and just kind of watching how some of those things were built and how like even the previews for the next episode, how um, his interaction with some of the star players there early on. Magic Johnson was a country boy like you don't and this type of day. You don't think about. Detroit and uh or Ann Arbor, not Ann Arbor, where is he from? Um was he from the D? Yeah. You don't think about mm-hmm. Michigan Lansing. Um, Lansing. You don't think about them being country, but back then specifically, there was it just wasn't it wasn't yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Hollywood. LA. It wasn't it wasn't yeah, it wasn't Cali life. Now with that second episode, what do you feel about the whole cookie dynamic, him clowning cookies boyfriend at the time, then going on the court Son and embarrassing him. That for you to be great, you got to have a certain level of greatness in you. And and no matter what it is, a lot of people think, oh, LeBron James is really just great at basketball. Now, nah, when you have that mentality, it translates into other aspects. That man know that that was it. That was the, if you know, he was out here doing him and doing everything he was. That was that man gal. <laughs> and so he was going to do everything he could to be able to get the woman who he loved. And to see that she still loved him it's the seeds of, of a love like that are dope to watch and, and to kind of know what that blossomed into and stuff like that. So yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that. I didn't have a problem with it per se, because listen, if, if I got something you want and you coming at me, I'm going to stand up and I'm a, as a man, I'm going to fight for what I want, but he didn't seem like he had a chance and, and it may have been the well, dramatization, but, but more specifically on the basketball court and that, in that game, you know, uh trash talk is real man especially yep. in the 70s and the 80s that trash talk it just got real back then you know what i'm saying how much of that do you think was attested to the experience he had with storm and norman pretty much doing it to him in front of all of the people at the white party then turn around and get back in his home court uh and lansing where he was comfortable and getting frank- it on there i frankly don't think that it had like a lot to do with it i think that the culture of basketball back then was that type of trash, like like heavy, heavy trash talk. Like that just was what it was. Now, Every granted, time. Of course, he had a bone to pick and and um and he probably motivation. still has, yeah, like a little bit extra motivation of what happened to him in LA. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell when he's getting on the on the court, like the guy that gave up his spot, like almost looked up to him, you know, mm-hmm. you can have my spot. I got to go to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Everybody looked up to him and kind of conceded to the fact that, 
oh, this is magic. He probably just getting a little workout in or whatever like that. Then he played in his jeans and a, a regular, Listen. you know what I'm saying? And at the end, he's like, at the end, he's like, man, I got my shirt dirty. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, <laughs> he, he, he was surprised that he even broke a sweat. But I think that the trash talk aspect of it was just a part of that, uh, that heavy trash talk, matter of fact, it was just a part of that culture back then. Like, you know, like you said, back to the norm, him versus Norman, and both of them is dressed up at an all white party. Like, you know what I'm saying? To right. go out, probably smelling like jupe or, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or uh, what was the, uh, the horse, the horses cologne, oh, the uh, wild stallions or something. But yeah, th- listen, it was a different era. And, I don't know. I'm grateful for where I, because I can't say that because we don't wore some wild stuff in our time too. But like, absolutely. Because if you think back to the early 2000s, 2004, 2005, the tall T era with with the, with the with the knickerbockers, the shorts that was down to the ankles, looking to, like like we we got some stuff that was like, yo, what are you thinking about? But dog, ain't no way that powder blue suit that he wore to the premiere. Bruh. And that that was after you got told that you got a free suit on the house and stuff, and you got the that's what you pick. Stylist there, yeah, <laughs> like that that was crazy to me. So let's move to the end of episode two real quick. So um, Jerry West drops the bomb on Doctor Bus, and while Doctor Bus is is hyping up everybody in the office to it's a new regime, this is a new time, it's a new day in Lakerland. Um, Jerry West is like, yeah, but without me, like, yeah, yeah pretty not. much. <laughs> and, and episode three comes right in with him getting cursed out and, and, uh, them in the office going back and forth at it. Personally speaking, do you think Jerry West didn't believe in himself or didn't believe in the organization? I think it felt like he, he didn't believe in himself. Um, and, and I know folks like that, cats who no matter how they, they fight and try and say, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then when they're put in a position to actually achieve their goals and actually accomplish it, they kind of freak out, well, what if I really can't? Like they're okay with the saying they're working towards it. But when the realization of actually attaining those goals come, then they kind of freeze up. And I think that's what it, it appears that happens or happened with Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he kind of goes into that and in saying that. Um, so then on, in episode three, your man, Adrian Brody, I, I failed to say his name, I think on a previous episode, but Adrian Brody lights out stellar performance as Pat Riley. He comes in and initially he's going to, he was trying out for the, a color commentator job alongside Chick Hearn, the, the legend Chick Hearn. Um, what, what was your thoughts on, on how this is unfolding or whatever like that, as far as the, the whole coaching selection and everything? First of all, I agree with. I think we're gonna be at preseason game number one by episode ten because <laughs> it's oh, they, they they dragging they dragging a little TT. Yeah. But honestly, the perspective that it gives on so many of these legendary figures for us specifically of the age group that we are, and even some of our listeners that may be a bit younger, we've we know a lot of these stories, but we don't know all of these stories. And then to have the perspective, literally, to to see, and again, I realize that this, these are dramatized versions of the characters. I, I I love it to think that they were looking at Tark the Shark, um, and, and for the way that he didn't come. Like when I, I I had heard that before, but then when the episode went off, I was like, 
Oh no, I gotta Google this to make sure this was and legit. It, right. That's and exactly it was. what I did too. <laughs> That's absolutely. But how about the how about the part when they in the in like the uh what do they call it? The brainstorming room or whatever like that. And mm-hmm. and the, the war room, if you will, and they're going, you know, Jerry Buss goes, you know, Tark the Shark and he drops the newspaper and then whatever the guy says, you know, something about it it. He just jumps out the newspaper, say it to my face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, like yeah. there was real life mobsters out there that they had to deal with back then, bro. Like, and it's, and the thing I thought about was UNLV mm, in the sixties and in the seventies. Well, really before before the Larry Johnson days and all of that. But yeah, in the in those times, the seventies and eighties, like it was even worse. Like literally the Wild West, bro. Like Vegas was like no man's land. You could do pretty much anything you wanted to out there, bro. And it it, it was a wild time, man. And to know that he could have been a Lakers coach, man. Imagine how differently Showtime Lakers would have been. Uh, it's shaping up that the the style of basketball that they played would have been very similar with what we have actually known to be them. But um, can you imagine a, a personality that big in L.A. coupled with the personalities of all of those players as large as they were? For one, so again, with like recent events and happenings in my life this past week I've, I've been learning to not to um not to try to like quote unquote rape fate if you will or or not to try to you know think about it and and and, and try to change fate uh but um I think that it would have been a lot of uh a lot of dirty laundry that would have followed him mm-hmm. to LA and to Los Angeles if if that was how it cranked off and started, even even from the the, the time the champagne popped at the Italian restaurant, uh, you knew what time it was or whatever like exactly. that. But all the way up to the end of the episode, I just think that 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 even you know, yeah, you just I can't you can't change and alter fate. <laughs> so it's it's very tough to say would he have even made it out there? Like it, it, it right. you know what I'm saying? Like Facts. It, it's just tough. Like the, the, we don't know the position that he was in and it's, that's was wild, there, it, it just wouldn't have been a clean. And that's what he knew. And that's what was kind of in his eyes the whole time is, yo, I can't, I see what you're offering. It's, it's something that I can't turn down, but I can't, I can't, can't not turn this down. <laughs> exactly. Like, and so that, that led me to say, so, did he owe them money? Were they fixing the games? Did they, like, and, and and not so much that because they could have fixed games in 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 L.A. But when 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 folks have certain things like that is making the money in in place, yeah, now nah, you are gonna be mad. At anything come come trying when to change certain that. folks, certain folks, right? Certain folks. When it's certain wise guys, you know, hey, get over here, hey. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Overall, I'm enjoying it, man. Episode three came like I I, I did watch. Uh, I started off since High Star wanted to throw me under the bus. I watched the first episode um, before we recorded. I think I was supposed to have maybe watch the first two. Um, I ain't got time like that. But when I watched two, I was like, oh, cool. Let me go ahead and jump this next one. Boom. Finished that. I was like, all right, let me go ahead and watch this next. Wait, I got to uh, wait. Yeah, but, you know, right. like me personally, as a just a connoisseur of TV, that's why I don't like TV shows. I prefer movies. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait, I have zero right. patience. So, yeah. Um, yeah, nah. But honestly, this one's got me stuck. So, I'll be in it. Let's just wait and watch, like, wait five weeks and let five weeks come and then watch all five of them at, at one time. What's up? You down? 
You said you said let's like the let us let us yeah nah, nah. dead you're watching see them. I holla <laughs> at you yeah. <laughs> well that is going I have to a, I have a schedule I'm sorry I got a weekly schedule so you okay let's talk about that before we let the folks go y'all literally this sit and have nothing to do with sports like literally nothing kind of. Y'all literally sit and watch, like, have schedules of stuff that y'all watch. If you have a schedule of things of how you watch TV, please help me because I, I need some help in figuring out how to do it. Email us, so, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net and tell us what you're doing. But how's your schedule, bro? Abbott Elementary or something along those mm. lines this evening. Forgot about um, it. By the time Wednesday comes around, snowfall is going to be out. Now, remember, at this time of the year, um, Atlanta is about to drop on Thursday. But... So after, because Wednesday is normally my podcast days, I listen to the podcast and then I catch um, Snowfall on Wednesday evenings. If it's a good episode, normally I watch it about twice, honestly. Mm. Thursday nights, I'll catch Law and Order if they're not in one of their lows. They like to do these famous like two or three week lows where they don't have any episodes. But Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, I'll watch. And normally by Thursday, an episode of Bel Air, has dropped. I'll catch that. And then by Friday, on Thursday, there's there's a show on Hulu that I've been uh, enamored with. And, and it's shout out to the Carolina Sports Talk Troll. But um, it's called um, it's called The Dropout. Okay. Um, very fire series. Fire. So that drops on like Thursdays and I'll catch that on Friday. So then Saturday nights, we start. That's when we start to do this all again, because Power, which is about to be over, and I have my own thoughts about the Chicago Power. But anyways, Power, and then by Sunday, again, in HBO fashion, they'll make you wait until prime time. So you got to just do something with your whole Sunday and maybe watch some sports and stuff. But it's a little schedule that I got, man. And I just plug and play whenever stuff, you know, okay, that season's over, all right, I'm going to pick up here and this and that and, you know, just figure it out. Now, I, like, I, I will admit I've gotten into the boring habit of rewatching shows and stuff like that, but I do I do catch things the second time around that I didn't catch the first time. So I'm not I'm not totally opposed to it. I don't even remember to watch TV like that. I got shows that pick, oh yeah, I ain't seen that in a while. And then got five episodes or four episodes or two episodes or whatever. The only things I watch religiously like that, um Bel Air. I'm rocking with Bel Air. Uh, I'll tell you what I kind of like. All American Homecoming mm-hmm. is decent. I, I do watch that and sports <laughs> and the news. That's it. Like my, I think some of the extra time that you spend with sitcoms and stuff like that, I'm watching sports. Um, and so like I'm, I'm, I'm I, I watch shots, women's shots basketball. fired and shots taken. Not even shots intentionally. Absorbed, Not even shots intentionally. Absorbed. Now, like I watch women's basketball. I watch. Track and field. I watch bowling. So, like, I guess I could be watching sitcoms and that other stuff during that other time, but I'd much rather just watch some sports. So, either way. Yeah. Go ahead. I know you're looking to close out. I was going to say as my final words, shout out to Notre Dame. Um, They did their thing against Oklahoma uh, the other day as far as the women's basketball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, that's the one thing. Again, I mentioned it earlier when you were talking about Kobe and I wanted to give all reverence and respect to Kobe, but Guys like KD, Kyrie Irving, they're they're trying to hold that flag for women's basketball and do different things for them. But they've got a crop of talent coming up that's gonna yes. that's gonna be putting a great product on the on the court um, and keeping that 
keeping that flag flying. So shout out to women's basketball. Shout out to, again, uh, Shorty with the quick 27 or something like that. Or she had like a quick something in the first half. I want to say like 20 something in the first half. Went like eight for 10 from three. Efficient. She was, was wilding. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, Doc, I appreciate you. That's going to do it for us this week on Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you tell your smart speaker next time. Play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, send us an email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. We appreciate you listening in. I'm Big Cliff, and we out. Peace.